Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DustralProds.com anime and manga podcast. As always, I'm dead. Joe, today we have Birdie. Hi. And Trey. Not a Birdie. And hey, we're recording at a time that was predetermined days ago. Yesterday, in fact. That is a denomination of days. I'll take it. <laughs> the S makes it not true. And... The number of days that have passed are relative. That's fine. Dead will cut out his lying in post, like he always does. <laughs> I really don't. That's too much work for me. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we're here. We're talking about shit. Hopefully, Trey will be here for the entire show this time. I hope. The show's only 10 minutes, right? Oh, yeah, totally. But in case he isn't, Trey. Oh, God, this is going to be the shortest thing in the world. Um, <laughs> Don't fucking worry about it, dude. We have had plenty of really short shows. All right. Uh, so We've had shows that were all, less than an hour. All I've really wanted to do uh, this week because of life stuff was uh, keep up with uh, Hero Academia. Uh, I'm caught up with the manga, but I went and watched uh, like a bit of the anime, like three more episodes to catch up with that. Man, that anime is okay. The pacing's getting better. <laughs> I will say the pacing's getting much better, but you can tell they're like, "God, we don't want to catch up with the manga. We do not <laughs> want to catch up with the manga. Please don't let us do that. We don't want to they make don't... a filler arc for love of God." Oh, that's exactly what they're trying to avoid so hard. Did you see how that shit worked out for Naruto? Fuck that noise. Bleach. Yeah, Bleach too. Bleach, oh Bleach was the worst because Bleach was filler arc in the middle of a story arc. Yeah, it was fucking they're terrible like, hey, we're too. About to, they're like, hey, we're about to fight. You guys want to know about swords coming to life? But it's even dumber than that because, like, I, I remember, I remember specifically, it was a point where they're like getting in the middle of it, and it's like Ichigo and his friends' adventure continued on. But meanwhile, in the Soul Society, no, 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 it wasn't even that. It was like meanwhile in the Soul Society a while back. Yeah, meanwhile at <laughs> a different point in time, you don't care about. Yeah, it was like a while back before he had his powers, but for some reason he still has those powers. Then he gets a new power that he never uses again. <laughs> oh, but God. It's like, it's, it's, oh, man, Bleach was so rough. Because it was literally, okay, we're about to fight. This person's about, to, this other person's about to die. Someone swings a blade, and then next episode, hey, filler. And now for something and, completely different. that entire filler arc has three minutes at the beginning of every episode. Of the it's it's like the berserk thing at the beginning of the anime where like every episode like starts with a little monologue uh-huh. thing, but it's three minutes <laughs> of the same monologue, and oh. I'm like I don't give a shit. And then it has the episode recap, which is two minutes of the last episode. Oh wow, this is yeah, that's yeah. Trust me, I watched that part recently. That is some One Piece level of episode padding, and it's two seasons of filler. <laughs> Oh, oh, honey. Yep. So, anyway, Hiroaka's avoiding that so hard, but it makes pacing weird for people who read the manga because they're like, oh, it's at this point, right? Oh, no. Oh, no, it's not. That's weird. Yeah, where are they at? Because last I checked, it was... It's still the stain thing, I think. It's it's like no, they just they just they just arrested Stain. Yeah, yeah, but like I'm saying, like 
it, it, after that, there's still more to go with that no, kind know, of with I'd that like kind to, of whole situation. I think they're. I guess they're gearing up for the training camp. If I remember the progression. Correctly. Yeah. Well. Well. I heard someone put it accurately, uh, pretty accurately. Uh, Hiroaka is like instead of doing filler and stuff, every story beat is like rushing to get sort of kind of rushing, not a bad way to get to the next hero moment, one-on-one battle against like rivals and stuff or training montage. Like that's it, like people getting more powerful. That's the, the flow of it with an overarching story around it, which works. I like it. It's very exciting. It's very fun to watch. Uh, and it's very good that they have awesome music uh, and awesome directing and amazing animators under them because I can easily see if a different, like a less known like animation company or just kind of a cheaper animation company got a hold of it, it would not be good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. Like it, it has a, it has the ability to not be good, but they're doing it justice and it's really, really fun. Uh, so that's the anime that I watched this week. And Dead Man, what did I say last week I was going to read? I don't remember last week. Okay. Not last week, last podcast. but I don't remember this week. Uh, okay, I said I was going to start Pluto. Oh, all right, yes, you did. Hi, yes. Okay. I am um, awake. So... I started Pluto, kind of? <laughs> yeah, let me explain. The manga app that I use on my phone uh, is very good, right? Um, it's got great scans, and uh, it's up to, it always updates, except for this one instance with Pluto, where there is a chapter zero but I didn't notice that it was called chapter zero and it was 198 pages. I didn't notice that, you know, that's a little weird. That's a little bit of a red flag, right? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I clicked it and I start reading. I'm like, Oh, it's just going to start in the middle of some stuff. Right. It looks like it just picked up without introduction. So I'm like, Oh, that's kind of cool. I guess. Yes. I mean, media as res. And I read through the chapter zero and then I get, and I didn't even notice it was chapter zero. I get, I go to the next chapter and I was like, Oh, that was long. Uh, Wait, why does it say chapter one? <laughs> Wait, why is it doing introductions now? And I go back to that, and I in in very tiny writing at the bottom of each scan, it says like chapter fifteen, <laughs> chapter sixteen. So I started I started reading Pluto on chapter fifteen. The best way to start can, a mystery series in the middle of it. You can imagine a little bit of confusion, except I wasn't, which is weird. I was totally on board. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's a testament to his writing that I started in the middle of shit happening. Because when I got back to it, I was like, okay, wait, no, this the shit that I was reading was like a lot of important shit going down. And I was... And I understood who the characters were. 
and like their motivations just because they're written so well and they fall into that character. It's not just like, oh, here's a quirk that I bring up once and bring up every once in a while. It's like, no, they have personality. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, sure. Char- it's just like characters feel real. They don't feel written. Because you can go to like Naruto. Let's take Naruto as an example. It's very easy bait. All right. So Naruto really likes ramen. Right, he does. He really likes ramen, and you know the, uh, you know how you know that. Because every time it's con, every time it's convenient, and nothing's happening. He's like, I want ramen. That's not a character trait. That's not. Like, I don't know. They wait for situations to give him character. They wait to they wait for moments where they're like, okay, this is this character. We have to keep bringing up that this is his personality instead of just showing you by like actions, facial expressions, or this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Well, how do you facially express ramen? Uh, it, it's like how do you, it, he? He's also like supposed to be you know sort of tormented and sort of like struggling and stuff, but. He never like shows that all he shows is like his angry face when he fights and his bored face when he's not fighting and his happy face when there's ramen around. Like, I don't, well, that's cause we have justification. That's it's cause it's not character. <laughs> Whereas like someone is struggling over their death, the death of their brother because he has a huge prejudice prejudice against, uh, machines you know robots and you can see that anytime he's like walking down the street like something's on his mind with his facial expressions he's always thinking you don't even have to read the vo- the panels like read like the little uh speech bubbles and stuff to know that he's uneasy and you can see like moods change just by like the way someone's eyes go and the way their mouths go. It's really good. And I love it. Uh, so that's like the, I think, I think that's one of Urso's strengths. He can, he can show things the entire time without like having you having to go and read the intro to know what a character is about. Yeah. He does a really great job of like writing fully fleshed out people. Like even yeah. like a lot of it, it's from like the fucking jump. The second you see them, you can like get at least something about their character. Yeah, you're like, okay, this guy's dressed a certain way. This guy holds his hands a certain way. His eyes are all the way open or kind of squinted. Uh, he keeps his hair, like, upkept or messy or whatever. Depends. Wow. Uh, you know, like, does this guy look padded down or is his, like, collar popped a little weird? What's his facial expression? All that. You can get all of that just by looking at a single panel of him right from the get-go. Yeah. And it's awesome. So after I went back and read the actual intros and stuff, I, I was like, I missed a little bit, but not actually a lot because I was able to pick up on it, which is super cool. I'm liking Pluto. I think I'm going to like it more when I get further. Cause right now it's, it's stuck in that thing that like, I don't know for the first, who knows how many chapters I'm still trying to figure out what the end goals are. Uh So it's like, it's got to get 
somewhere because the basically you're like okay these characters need to figure something out soon to to like push them you know what i mean because at this point they're all like what is happening (laughs) what is going on why why is there just there's no chips in these robots what is going on (laughs) and then the fucking i can robot that can just create life and shit and all that stuff uh what's his name uh that's like out to kill Adam or something. Uh, I'll... I forget his name. Anyway, uh, it's it's a good manga. That's that's all I can say. I'll keep up with it, uh, and that's all I got to talk about. I can probably commentate on some of the stuff you have, but that's all it'll I have personally for my week. Inter- it'll be interesting when uh, he talks about a manga that's not Urasawa. <laughs> it will be interesting. Yeah, really. Uh, I will. I need a recommendation, honestly, because I, I, I'm sitting here and I'm like, uh, I got my ass to read Made in Abyss, but you know, uh, that was also a recommendation and that was something (laughs) I found, but I need, I need someone to like say, here, check this out. Don't tell me anything about it. Don't do this. Don't do that. Just say, read this. It's good. Okay, well, I do have some of those that I'm going to be talking about, but I have to talk about them to you. Yeah, okay. Just try not to spoil a bunch of story beats. I would have read that, like, spider thing, but I was like, well, a lot of this stuff was spoiled for me, so I don't know. Okay, then I guess I'll also talk about my things then. So, Aku no Kyoten which translates to Lessons of Evil, but the English title for some reason is Lessons of the Evil. Attack on Titan. Nope, Lessons of the Evil. I know, I'm just saying like that Shingeki no Kyojin doesn't translate to Attack on Titan. No, no it, it's really dumb because Aku no Kyoten does translate to Lessons of Evil. Or Evil, uh, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, but or, then like, for some reason the English title is Lessons possessive. of the Evil. Well, that's because that's because that actually makes more sense in Lessons of Evil, because the evil in that situation is possessive. It's possessing the lesson, so it's lessons given by the evil. Doesn't you know stop I mean? from, doesn't stop it from being any less kind of English, almost. It it's like Boku no Pico is my Pico. It's it the no makes it like possessive or whatever. Yeah, I know, but you can have singular evil be possessive. I think it was just more to clarify because lessons of evil right there. sounds like it's like, Oh, these are it's the sequel. to Flower it, It's evil. lessons <laughs> of evil. Sounds like, Oh, someone is teaching us lessons about evil as opposed to the evil is teaching lessons. Fair. So anyway, Akino Kyoten is in the basest terms I can think of. What if Patrick Bateman was a high school teacher? Uh, American Psycho. Yeah, I know. I'm like, uh, Patrick Bateman was a high school teacher. Um, can you give me more like Patrick Bateman from American Psycho or Patrick Bateman himself? A Patrick Bateman s character, a, like a, a, a psychopathic serial killer who is very much about the who is very much about how people perceive him and his identity uh, as opposed to actually being a person. 
Okay. Like like Patrick Bateman's whole thing in American Psycho, both in the movie and in the book, there is just like scene after scene of him just very laboriously describing his beauty routine, describing like his morning routine, how he like what he does for works out and stuff, all to maintain the image of being a all, all to maintain the image of being like a high functioning wealthy person. And like and like him like constantly reading like basically like ripping verbatim like rolling stone reviews of fucking Huey Lewis in the news in order to make himself seem like a cultured individual when in fact he don't give a fuck about culture like Kira and then kinda but this is a bit more direct because he actually murders people himself okay and so and so what this is this is about a teacher I cannot remember the teacher's name for the life of me because I'm terrible with names in anime and manga all right, but he is the teacher of the he is the teacher of w- one of the worst high school classes in this school. Oh, uh, it's one of those. Yeah, it's where all the troubled children go. Yeah, and so what he's going to do those. is yeah. So what he does is he goes and begins like trying to give everybody like their own individual lessons and stuff, like teach them to be better people and whatever. Do all this shit, but he is doing it specifically for the image of him being a great teacher he doesn't actually he doesn't, he doesn't actually care about any of these students like dexter sure I, I i don't know i'm just thinking about he was a blood analyst or whatever for that kind of stuff just so it like made more sense if anyone caught him and with blood or whatever on him yeah because you know high school it, teachers are often found around scenes of arson i don't know but it just made sense for him anyway yeah, maybe the assassination classroom doors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another thing I didn't mention. The, the teacher's a giant yellow squid. Oh, you also haven't, like, lived, like, in my city. <laughs> my city. <laughs> Bokuno City. Anyway, yeah. So, for the most part, uh, the series, the series for a large chunk of it runs like a, it runs like a Slice Life high school series of this asshole classroom. And all of them slowly die one by one. <laughs> Not all of them. Just the ones who are a particular <laughs> problem. <laughs> I didn't think he'd actually like start killing the students. Yeah, yeah. Some of them he does kill. Other times he just kills people around them to make them look bad. Or That's like, or like to get them out of the way. That's a bad idea. That is such a bad idea. But no, he's, he's so fucking cool about everything and so fucking awesome that everybody's like, oh yeah, he couldn't fucking possibly do it. Until one guy's like, oh, I think he kills people. Uh. And yeah, so that's basically what the series is. It's just this attractive, very smart teacher going on all these horrible fucking very illegal things, doing all these very horrible illegal things in order to make his class the best class in the fucking school so that he gets the image of being a great teacher. Okay. And I think it works pretty well. Uh, they they do have some characters that feel incredibly out of place, like but like like the art style for the most part is very low key. Like like no like nobody has like particularly flamboyant stuff unless character has like blonde hair, which is you know apropos for being a class of assholes. Mm-hmm. But then there's this one character who is just this, who's just this like fucking hyper bitch. Who's this huge fat lady who at all times is screaming about gender equality, but like not it's it's a way that is very much mocking people who are harping on all the time about gender equality. If you know what I mean, like like if like if you're like 
walking towards the door and some girl's like, uh, aren't you going to hold it for me? Uh, no, if she was like 10, if she was like 15 years younger, she'd have a tumbler. Okay. Wait. So I, I thought you said it was mocking it. Okay, she's not mocking it. The story is mocking it. Yes, the story. Yeah, she. Okay. Fe- yeah, she feels like a mocking caricature of, of like a grown up version of one of those Tumblr warriors who were like fucking. Eh, eh. Okay, okay, that makes more sense. Going all kinds about being triggered about bullshit, and she yeah. feels so fucking out of place. And it's kind of great when she gets hit by a car, but she lives because fuck me. Yeah, and so he just... You're, you're not getting any more than silence about that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. And so, yeah, the series is about, just about this teacher as he very methodically begins, like, picking off problems to his fucking image, problems to his classroom, problems to his students and whatever. And a very small group of students beginning to cut, begin to catch on to the idea that, oh, wait, this guy's a fucking monster. No. Yeah, nobody listened <laughs> Uh, sorry, it's just like, hey, I saw that. I saw all those Rolling Stone reviews on your wall. You know this band? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you monster. <laughs> yeah, you like Huey Lewis in the news? He's like, yeah, I believe in a thing called love. <laughs> <laughs> and oh wait, like, no, that's the darkness. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's just like, uh, I can, uh. Play, I can play Wonderwall. Yeah, I can play the guitar. They're like, D- d- do it. And he goes, Oh, I didn't think you'd actually ask me. Do it, pussy. And he's like, Um, uh, this reverts back to recorder starts playing hot cross buns. I was about to say, Damn it, <laughs> I couldn't remember the name for the life of me, so you beat me to it. I got the jokes, he got the jokes, you got the power. Yakuno Kyoten is, it's all right. I, I feel like I'm mostly into it because it reminds me of American Psycho, and American Psycho is one of my favorite movies. It's like I very easily see this kind of being like not for other people. Like just hearing you, like hearing you respond to things I say, sounds like you're not that hot on the idea of it. Well, it's it's like it's kind of the reverse as when I was telling you about uh, shit like Exterminator or. Fucking uh, Kakegurui. Yeah. Kakegurui? Okay. Did we talk? We talked about that. Yeah, we talked I, about that. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you you bailed at some point last time. So Yeah, sure it was after Kakegurui. Okay. Uh, I've got somewhat too many bones to pick with that fucking show. <laughs> that fucking manga. I've read <laughs> a few chapters. That's bad. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody was so hot in it for like a fucking hot second there, and then just, oh, wait, it's kind of shitty. Well, because it looks good. Yeah, it looks fucking great. Like, Nanga especially is just fucking beautiful. But yeah, they don't know dick about gambling. You know, oh, fuck, I was about to say, I forgot one of my shows. Okay, I'll save it for a little bit later. (laughs) Uh, I will save it for a little bit later because, fuck, it was amazing. Okay, then. Saka no Kyoten is, it's all right. Like I, I'm, I'm reading it. I read, I read a few. Cha- I read like up to date with it. And if there are at least more chapters of it, I'll probably keep reading those too. It's, <clears throat> it's not something that I'm like fucking salivating for, but it is something that I will read when it comes out. 
All right. That, that thing you forgot then, Trey? Okay, okay. Uh, I'll get to it now then. Uh, we were speaking about gambling animes and how shit Kakigurui uh, is. Guess who watched Kaiji Ultimate Survivor? You? Me. Oh my god, that's the fucking gambling anime. That, <laughs> okay. Have you seen Kaiji Ultimate Survivor? I saw the clips of it that Jeff used in that video. Okay. Okay. I watched six episodes of it. That show is fucking great. The stakes feel real. The characters feel real. They show you how they get to where they get. And it's like, it, it, I've never had so much like tension from like, like take the tension in some kind of like murder or action anime, like just a whole bunch of like, uh, I don't know how to say it. Like, it's exciting. It's super exciting. I was appalled, or not appalled, I was marveling, really, at how exciting it was to just watch someone play rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> like, like I'm not even joking. And, like, okay, every character has sort of, like, a strength and a weakness. You can tell just by looking at them sort of what it is. And Kaiji, the main character... Keiji Ito, he's a fucking piece of shit. He's like, he's like a dirtbag that just, that he's so bored with his life and like mad at his life that he just fucking goes around keying cars and stealing emblems. Uh, but like he finds out that his friend, uh, that he, he basically he co-signed for a loan for his friend. And his friend, or it, not really friend, more like a, he was a worker for him at a job at one point before Kaiji lost his job. Basically, he didn't pay back that money. So Kaiji has to pay it. And it's a fuck ton of money. It's like $200,000, $300,000 or something. So uh, there's these loan sharks come to him and like fake a deal with him and say, hey, let's go on this boat. And this boat is like a gambling boat, like a gambling cruise where you can try your make, try and make your money back in one night. You're going to, it's a very, very high stakes. And they say, Oh, if you don't make your money high back, risk, you'll just spend, reward. huh? High risk, high reward. Uh, high risk. Cause these are loan sharks. These are evil bitches. Yeah. Like yeah well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying you actually ever get the reward. I'm saying, yeah. Sales pitch. Yeah. It, exactly. Uh, but they, they money. pitch it. They pitch it as like, oh yeah, you can make you can make this much money and make a bunch of profit, make like a hundred grand profit if you do this, and you'll pay back the loan. You'll be a new man. You'll be rich. Uh, come on, the risk is only like if you can't make the money back, you spend two years basically doing manual labor for us at uh, a certain wage to pay back your loan. We will have a house like very cheap apartment and we'll pay for your food and stuff. You'll just be working for two years to pay off your friend's loan and then you can go back to your life. Which doesn't sound like a terrible deal for where he's at in his life specifically and that's why they that's how they get him because it's like either way Kaiji has somewhere to go and the money will be paid. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But that's obviously they're lying. Obviously they're lying. Yeah of course they're fucking with the loan sharks. 
be funnier if they actually were telling the truth. (laughs) So, so basically he gets on the ship and the gambling that they do is rock, paper, scissors. There's like a hundred people aboard or uh, more than a hundred people aboard and they have stars. They have fucking battleships like from (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh and you know what? And I was like, Oh, this is very oh, similar God, to they, Yu-Gi-Oh! They when I was watching it. Well, if it's similar to the Yu-Gi-Oh! that used the battle chips, then of course they're going to cheat. That thing never followed any rules. No, don't. No. They basically... I, 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 got, I was like, those are literal battleships on them, and these are the same rules as, the, as that whole situation. And I looked at when uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! came out, specifically when the anime came out, because the anime was original. You know, it wasn't based on manga or anything. And that came out after... Kaiji. And it was on a boat. They gambled on a boat. They have battle chips. It's a whole thing. It super takes it has to take inspiration from this because if it doesn't, that's bullshit. That's yeah, well, bullshit. The story might not have been based on a anime manga or anything, but the show was. The show was not based it, okay. The show was based on a chapter of a manga. Yes, on a chapter of a manga, but it didn't have any of the shit. Ch- it didn't have all these mechanics and stuff with it. Yeah, it did. Are you talking? Uh, you're talking about the se- about the original Yu-Gi-Oh manga. Okay, no, not the original Yu-Gi-Oh manga. That was the end of the original Yu-Gi-Oh manga where they started getting into that stuff. Yeah, I don't. I don't know when the sequel series that was just basically adapting what was in the cartoons came out, but it wasn't that long after the initial one. It's like a two-year difference. Between, it's a two-year difference from when Kaiji started to when the anime aired. Okay, well, I don't know exactly when Yu-Gi-Oh! Duelist came out, so I'd have to look. But um, Looking it, it up. doesn't matter. I get your point. <laughs> Either way, very similar. But this does it in a great way because they're ha- basically they're handing these envelopes with cards. They have three of each... Or, was it three of each? Five of each card. They've got... Five, if five paper, five rock, five scissors, right? And they are told you, and they were able to take out a loan for a bunch of money. They can not spend the money. They can spend the money. Basically, though, they have to get back whatever it is. There's interest per hour that they play. So if they finish in two minutes, there's no interest, and they can just give the money back. They finish in an hour. They have they have to pay that money back plus an extra seventy thousand. The minimum is a hundred thousand. Max uh, maximum was like a million. So it, it basically you have to take the money and you have to pay it back with interest. And it, it, I don't know. It's basically a side thing that they have to worry about because if they don't pay that money back, they owe it. Uh, and. All they have to do is get rid of all the cards and have three star chips to progress, to like finish the game and, and, pay, and give the money back. Go, oh my. <laughs> you can have a maximum of six star chips and you have money that you have to give back. And you have 15 cards. You've got to get rid of those 15 cards by playing the game. If you flush the cards, you're disqualified and guard security guards like beat you up and take you away. They throw you so, out of the boat. So they, we don't know Where yet. On the boat. I don't know yet. 
There's there's taken there's taken down to the fucking sub decks and are never seen or heard from again. They're just they're just taken into a room, a dark room, by a bunch of security guards screaming. Uh, Why did these cards feel leathery? <laughs> and basically, uh, one guy straight up just fucking cheats Kaiji, cheats him hard out of his fucking stars, and then leaves. And it's it's so depressing because you can see it coming. But Kaiji's such a fool. At the beginning, he, he thinks everyone's going to play fair. He's like, the guy's like, I just, I've known you for five minutes. I'm not your friend. <laughs> uh, but then he's like, hey, referee. And the referee's like, no, we told you by any means possible, you can cheat if you want. <laughs> uh, so it turns into just a, a high stakes game of Kaiji and then he, of Kaiji trying to get out, but then he finds out, oh, these two. <laughs> Kaiji starring Kaiji. <laughs> yeah, him him trying to get through this. This is only the first arc. Uh, him trying to get through this whole game because he fucked up really hard at the beginning, and he and uh, he's also got to earn money from where he started, and he's at the fucking bottom. And then the, he finds out the only way to do that is to get two other people to team up with him, and those two people are this also at the bottom. Ridiculously complicated. Yeah, and this is all taking it's, place it's, on it's, one boat. Okay, it sounds complicated when I'm explaining it, but because of the pacing of the show, it works really well. Alright. Uh, basically, I, I'm trying to explain what makes it exciting to me, but it's so hard because it's the atmosphere. The metaphorical like things that they go through to show like what's going through his head right now. The way that it sort of pulls you the viewer into like figuring out what's going on and why things are going wrong, why things are going right. And you're trying to like, okay, I can get one step ahead. I can do this. I can do this. And then it flips the tables on you, but not in a way that you'd expect. So what you're saying is it's a confidence game. It is absolutely a confidence game. That's all you really say. If it's a well-written confidence game, I get what you're mean. What you're going for? We're going from the perspective of a guy who's getting conned. That's really all you needed to say. Uh, yeah, yeah, very much. <laughs> I, I, I see. I'm not good at this, <laughs> but uh, and yet I brought you back. I just got. I oh, I just got super excited. Don't about be Kai- mean, dead man. <laughs> I just got super excited about Kaiji because I forgot about it, and I can't believe I forgot about it because it's something that I'm going to watch all the way through. It's got 26 episodes. Uh, I think the manga goes on further. Uh, yeah, uh, from what I've read, there are two seasons, both 26 episodes, and then the manga has had five different series. Yeah, the thing the the thing is, the art style turned a good bit of people off from the anime, and they stopped watching it, or they didn't even try watching it. Yeah, it's very pointy. Uh, only like two characters are pointy. <laughs> like, uh, but it's got those like thick lines around it that, uh, that like the beginning of attack on Titan had, you know, uh, it's very kind of comic-y in that way. Uh, it was animated by Madhouse, So it's really pretty. Yeah. It's really well done. And it's got one of the best OPs and EDs that, uh, I've seen in a while when it comes to just atmosphere and just sort of like giving you a good feeling of what it's like to sort of feel trapped. And I love it. So do what you will with that. I haven't read the manga. 
I assume if either of you checked it out, it would be, you know, via the manga. But uh, it, I had to bring it up because that is a real gambling anime. That is a real gambling anime. Yeah. So. And that's my bit. All right. Back to my shit. So, Birdie. Uh, you know some stuff about Japanese history. You're going to have to be more specific with that introduction. Um, he's, recent he's seen J- history of Japan. Yeah, recent Japanese history, like 1970s. Okay, what are you talking about specifically? The 300 million yen heist? <laughs> I'm familiar with the event, but is that what your reading is about? Yes, uh, Montage. The series that I started reading is a mystery series and conspiracy series that spins out from the 300 yen, 300 million yen heist. Okay. So I guess for those who don't know, uh, back in, I believe the seventies, like mid late seventies, uh, there were, there was a car transporting about 300 million yen, uh, for payroll, I believe for some company. They're they're transporting it from one city to another. And along the way, on some stretch of highway, uh, a guy dressed up as a motorcycle cop pulls them over and then takes all the money and just runs. Just fucking books it out of there with, I believe, with their own car. And that money is never found and the perpetrator is never caught. Nice. Just some dude dresses as a motorcycle cop, says, hey, get out of the car, grabs the car, fucking bounces, and nobody sees him again. Sounds like something I'd do. Yeah, so there was all so there was all kinds of like um there was like a photo of the actual guy dressed up like the fucking cop. Uh there was all kinds of other shit, like evidence and stuff, but it never led anywhere. There were like hundreds of investigators working on this and nobody ever fucking found anything out about it. You can get easy facial surgery if you have three hundred million yen. That would be easy to change your identity. Yeah, and so then that money about Three million dollars. Yeah, it's it's about three million dollars. Yeah, three million dollars. But also, ba- it's also I think it's more back then. Yeah, it, it's three million dollars in seventies money. It was in the seventies. Like, like, yeah, the, the the Japanese yen was much stronger, but it's always been roughly about a hundred yen to an American dollar. I don't know what the exact exchange rate was in seventy three. But either way, uh, like the, the main thing the main thing about it is the inflation rate. Yeah. Because now it is worth a lot more money. Well, sure. Yeah. So anyway. I don't know what 300 million yen then would be in yen now. That's. Yeah. Uh, I will actually look that up because I'm actually kind of interested now. Uh, from what I'm seeing, it's you're looking at like. Oh, sorry. Late 60s it took place, not late 70s. Okay. From what I'm seeing, you're looking at like. Uh, Probably an increase of like a quarter million dollars. So, so it'd be it'd be like three point two three point two five million. But whatever, that's still a lot of money. You could still change your identity for that. Yeah. So anyway, anyway. Um, a number of years after that heist happens, um, seemingly an unrelated event, uh, two kids are going home one day from school. Uh, they decide to take a back alley where they find a dying person. That guy says, hi, child, is this your name? Your dad's the one who pulled off that heist. Then he dies. And the kids poke him with a stick. Then 10 years pass. 
and oh, this will be fun. <laughs> yeah, and ten years pass, and in that time, uh, that kid's dad dies. Ten years pass, and in that time, that kid is like hung up by like rafters, and it's to, and you hear records crash, and it says, "Bitch, wondering how I got myself into this situation." <laughs> Let's go ten years back. You're probably wondering what the hell's going on. <laughs> uh, you see the guy hanging from the rafters? That's me. <laughs> yep. Anyway, and then so so after the ten years pass, he has been living with his childhood friend's family. Uh, one day, her one day, that friend's dad just fucking disappears, and the two of them begin this whole trek to try to find the three to try to find the real story behind the three hundred million heist, how his dad was involved, all their shit. They find the money. Score? How much of it? Three hundred million yen. Wait, why? Because they, because apparently the people who stole it didn't spend a cent of it. But why? That's the that's the rub. That's the fucking that's the gist of it. It is the series is who stole the money? Why did they steal the money? What the fuck is going on? Because now it involves a horrible conspiracy involving a fucking senator. Why don't they just take like a hundred million and say fuck it? Because. Let's go. Because a good chunk of that money is covered in blood, and all the serial numbers from every bill used in that robbery are on public record. That's why you pay it to you. Like, I don't think these kids know a money laundering. They are high school children. They do not. They did. They they do not know the fucking process for laundering money. No, but like you just like go to like hole in the wall places and gamble it away. Wait, what? That's, I think he's saying that the way to get rid of the money is it's to, to gamble it. Money. No, no, you gamble it, and then you can get real money. In, like, you buy chips, basically, or whatever. Like, you throw money into a pot, and then you gamble, and you get so, you're going to get some money back. With $300 million, you're going to get something back. Yeah, but go on. That money like, might if, be if real you money. walk into any hole-in-the-wall illegal gambling place with that much money, you're going to die. Questions asked, or you're gonna die. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. If, if two high school children. So, so say we go to you go to some you go to some shady, somewhat illegal gambling place. Two high school students walk in there with two duffel bags full of money covered in blood. This sounds like a, the start of a joke. Either Dead man's origin story. Yeah, either that money's gonna fucking disappear real quick, along with those kids. Dead man was the money the whole time. <laughs> Wait, is that why I'm always broke? Because I am money? And then they and they pick up one of the bills and they look at the face on it and it's really bad. <laughs> uh, then the cult comes in. Yeah, the series ain't great. Like, like uh, up to a certain point, I was actually really invested in it. I was interested in how all this connected back to this fucking one heist that took place fucking 50 years ago. I was interested how these fucking how it would tie into what's happening today. I was interested in all that shit, but eventually it just got so goddamn convoluted with like four different fucking assassins trying to kill these people or like kidnap them in some way in order to get a very specific bill from all of this back, which somehow implicates a senator in all this. Oh, okay. They're like they're like we just need that bill. We just need the bill that says four twenty four twenty four twenty four twenty on the serial number. Please give it to us. Yeah, we need to get this back for XX Naruto fan. <laughs> XX. <laughs> XX Naruto fan XX666. 
underscore X. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it just got so fucking up its own ass, and there were like there was like so much. There's always that problem with uh, with real life unsolved when you make a fictional story about a real life unsolved mystery. There's always the chance that it's going to disappear up its own ass, like. Somehow JoJo's bizarre adventure involved the real life story of Jack the Ripper. Yeah, well, JoJo's in, bizarre adventure well, involved Jack the Ripper is. is is funny. I I okay. Like, it's, it's not trying to solve the mystery of Jack the Ripper. It's saying, hey, Jack the Ripper, who is a person, you're a vampire now. You're a zombie now. Get fucked. Yeah. Now murder also, for me. And also. Somehow Speedwagon went from being a villain to just being like, oh, I'm cool. Well, yeah, JoJo was like, hey, I'm a stand-up guy, and Speedwagon was moved like, by I've it. Killed pe- Speedwagon's like, I've killed people. <laughs> yeah, well, then he told him, you can go your own way. Yeah. That's so what he did, and started a foundation that is still affecting the series to this to essentially this date, assuming, kind of. that, it, assuming that it is involved in the alternate universe. Yeah. Speedwagon Foundation is Apple in the alternate universe. You might not believe this, but JoJo gets weird. Gets? Yes, gets. I don't like it. I, I don't like gets. <laughs> anyway. Montage. It's... In... It, got, it, it fell up its own fucking ass. Just yeah, right up there. Just It fell up its own ass? Yes, it's very impressive how they did that. It's like falling up a flight of stairs. All right. Anyway, moving on. Vanilla Spider. So, you know Kuroko? From Kuroko no Basuke? Yeah, I, I do. I don't what if instead of playing basketball, he fought aliens? Okay. That's almost basically Vanilla Spider. So who's he supporting? Uh, nobody. He is supporting himself. He actually has support in the form of an alien dude who switches skin. His weapon is a fucking tap. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's it's real fucking weird. Like, so there's this guy who, in this art style, essentially looks like a alternate version of Kuroko. Like he has the same blank expression face. He has the same like light colored hair as opposed to everybody else. Almost the same hairstyle, too, and nobody notices him. He has such a lack of presence, he's basically invisible. Okay. And the weirdest thing about this entire series is, apparently, like, some number of years ago, like, a very small number of years ago, a giant spider web appeared across the entire sky. And then everybody got used to it. Kingdom of the Spiders universe. Yeah, and this took (laughs) and and like like the the time for people to get used to it. It was about five seconds. So no, yeah, yeah, basically, our main character was alive when that spider web showed up, and now he is in high school, and everybody's fucking used to it. Well, I mean, like, if you can't get rid of it, I mean, like, fight it if it's not hurting you. Just sleep with a spider queen like Kirk probably did. Yeah, probably. So, so anyway, did. Uh, from, the, from the spider web in the sky, occasionally some aliens will come down that will eat people and then take over their bodies and then go to eat other people. But nobody oh. notices them except for Kuroko. 
He's just like, uh, guys, are you saying are you seeing this invasion of the body snatchers over here? Yeah, and nobody is. But then one day no, this he, is, he, Island. What are you talking one, about? One day he turns to the right corner and he and he uh walks down a street and a sign and passes by a sign, camera pans around and looks behind him. The sign says, You are now leaving Silent Hill. <laughs> Alright, I have a question, Dead Man. When the spiders inhabit people, do they still act like people or do they do weird spider stuff? They act like people. Oh, damn it. Uh, well, damn that's it. Boring. I was about to say, okay, I was... Well, some, sometimes they act like people. Other times they just turn into weird reclusive assholes and just eat people forever. That's sometimes they, sometimes they're like weird fight clubs. I think. I'm not sure. It, the series is six chapters. And apparently, while it is still being scanned, it's already done. Sounds, it, done sounds like canceled. If, yeah. It, it reminds me of the uh, pilot. Like, what you're describing reminds me of the pilot for Hellbenders. Here's a, here's a still image from it. Ah, <laughs> uh, Hellbenders. Remember when Psychic Pebbles and Oni made cartoons? They still are. Like that. This is the pilot for their ser- the, that they pitched to uh, to Comedy Central. That is now a full show. Oh, neat. Good for them. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Vanilla Spider's not that good. Not that good. It's. Would you prefer chocolate spider? No, I'd prefer I'd, chocolate spider. I would prefer I'd prefer that spider thing I talked about a couple weeks ago, where it's a I was spider. Say, I prefer the plain old spider that just does spider things to become more spider. I have spider right here. Uh, keep it away from me, please. That's okay. I'm not keeping it away from me. Oh, so so I should send you a cane spider, dead man. I yeah, will do set it. New Orleans on do fire. It. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Not sure how well a spider size of a dinner plate would react in Canada, but uh, in the boonies of Canada, there are cows. I will send. I will will stick the cows after it. It'll probably be able to tame and ride a moose. (laughs) Uh, It'll bring our American guns to your gunless Canada. So it'll it'll turn into we stand guard. Canada has guns. (laughs) They show that, and we stand on guard. They just don't use them. <laughs> no, we use them. People get shot all the time in Canada. They just don't talk about it because it doesn't happen so fucking often. That and you're so, so much more polite about it than Americans. <laughs> you're like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> Working with fucking hosers every day, eh? Don't worry. What is that accent? Huh? Oh, it's like, it's... A- it's it's more like Wisconsin than Canada. I was about to say I thought it was the Fargo accent, but <laughs> yeah, it's more Wisconsin than Canada. Oh, don't you know? Okay. Oh yeah, fuck Vanilla Spider. It's kind of it's really boring. All right, I don't want to. I mean, maybe I do. No. <laughs> Vanilla Spider sounds like a terrible sex act. So moving on, Golden uh, yeah, You haven't tried it, Golden Comery. The series is neat. It's just and this it this does this very much feels like somebody who is passionate about the subject they're writing about. It's just I find that subject really boring, especially the way that they're telling it. So, this series is about a soldier, a former soldier. He was part of the uh a war between Japan and Russia. You know, that famous war. 
It apparently actually is famous. Uh, there, the, the Sino Japan, the Sino, the, the Russo Japanese War. Is, if it's if it's that one, yeah, it is famous. Because yeah, I know. I was just I, the way he said it. it, it he said it confusing. Like it's some kind of war against Japan and Russia. Like, you, like no, you're I, freaked out because an Asian country could completely destroyed the navy of a European country. So. Yeah, like I was, <laughs> like, oh, I was good. What? I was going to say the Russia. I was going to say like the Russia Japan War, but I wasn't sure if that was the right thing. So I stopped myself halfway. No, so I stopped myself it, halfway it through is, the first syllable. Yeah, it's Russo Japanese War, and the two the two wars that happened like a year apart were the Russo Japanese War and the Sino Japanese War. Yeah, I believe this the was Chinese the Russo Japanese War. If it's against Russia, then it's the Russo one. I'm just going to have Bertie give me a history lesson someday. Yeah, so in the middle, so in that, so during the Russo-Japanese War, there was a guy named Sugimoto. He he became known as Sugimoto the Immortal because he was shot, stabbed, all kinds of horrible shit that happened to you in a war, and survived all of it while murdering hundreds of people with a sword. Yeah, and then he later became better known as 50 Cent. Uh, No, he later became known as a terrible gold miner because he tried to go mine for gold. As you did in the early twentieth, as everyone did. Yeah. So yeah. So he was. So he was. Uh, so the series starts out with him just kind of in a stream trying to pan for gold and finding nothing but bullshit. <laughs> as everyone did. Yeah. As there was this old man sitting on the fucking creek bed, just drinking his ass off, looking at him. As I still do. And so he ends up telling Sugimoto about this story. Uh, so there was this tribe of Ainu. I believe that's how it's pronounced. It's not a tribe of Ainu, it's just the Ainu. <laughs> no, it was specifically this, a very specific oh, it's, section. Okay, it's a, a specific, specific group of them. Of the, okay. Yeah, they were trying to, yeah, they had ended up, they actually ended up mining a bunch of gold themselves and were trying to fund a, they were actually trying to fund a counterattack against the current Japanese government with gold. Oh, yeah, because the late 19th century, the Japanese basically said, yeah, native Japanese people need to go to the frozen wastelands we don't want except for farming. Yeah. And so as they're raising all that gold, uh, one day, a member of that group killed everybody else and took all the gold for himself. Is the gold cursed now or something? Nope. The gold is now hidden and nobody can find it because the guy who hit, because the guy who stole it and hit it won't tell anybody where the fuck he hit it. Sure, you hide gold. You don't go around saying, "Hey, I hid the gold here." Hey, I hid the gold here. Hey, yes, but he, yes, but he still. But he um. But like, he eventually kind of got sick of it, I guess. And so, what he did was he, uh, while he was in prison, he found twenty four other prisoners who were like, who was who was able to who was able to like befriend basically, and drew, and like tattooed on their bodies different sections of a map that would lead to where the gold is. Oh, that'll be funny. So, so you need to go. So, um. So uh, it's after like prison break, it got more complicated. Oh no! Yeah, so prison break happens. Uh, all the gar- uh, all the prisoners, all twenty four prisoners escape, and now the hunt is on for try to find these twenty four prisoners and re- and like get the tattoos from their skin in order to try to find out where the gold is. But it's revealed fairly early on that the guy who tattooed the map on their skin specifically tattooed them in a way that the only way to read the map would be to skin the prisoners. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Yeah, and so Sugimoto ends up teaming up with a young Ainu girl uh, whose name I cannot remember for life of me because it is weird even by like Japanese manga name standards. Because it is a, I believe, some kind of traditional Ainu name. 
the guy who writes the series is really into the Ainu. There are chapter after chapter after chapter where like half of where like 50% or more of the chapter is just describing Ainu beliefs, Ainu like fucking fishing tactics, Ainu hunting tactics, Ainu cultural shit. The guy who the guy who wrote this is really into the Ainu. And it shows in everything about this. It's just unfortunate because I'm more interested in the story about hunting down and skinning people. Sure. Like, yeah. As, the I, as you would be. Like, yeah, the Ainu are, the Ainu seem like a rich Native like native people that have this horrible culture and everything. And a story about that, I would find interesting if it didn't feel like a lecture, because that's what it feels like. It is just, the story will just stop and show very oh, beautifully so drawn like a- panels. Of like different of different kind of things, but it is just giant fucking text boxes explaining what this shit is and how it works in the Ainu culture. So this would be like, so this would be like if Indiana Jones stopped halfway through to tell you the entire history of the Ark of the Covenant. Or exactly. Something like that. You're like, I don't care right now. Yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. bits and pieces here and there, but don't just stop and tell me the story. Yeah, like there there are some things where it makes some sense, where like uh, we're like um. Sugimoto and the girl are like going around to get food and they catch like a rabbit or something. And so they make some kind and so she begins making some kind of mincemeat stew that is traditional in Ainu culture. And so she has to and so as she's doing it, Sugimoto doesn't know what she's doing, so she explains what she's doing to him. That makes sense to me. But having Sugimoto go to an Ainu village, then having the story stop so that so that so that for the rest of the chapter he can explain what I knew is or like explaining how or explain like I knew naming conventions or something. It eventually just gets so fucking boring, which is unfortunate because this series has a lot going for it. Uh, Sugimoto. I really like him as a character. He is a, like, like the way they describe him is almost like a beast where, and like sometimes where he's drawn, he's almost like a beast and he's constantly screaming. I'm fucking immortal. You jackasses. You can't fucking kill me as he is murdering people. But he's doing all of this from a place of like real. He's doing the, He's doing this for a dead friend, like a, like a buddy of his who ended up marrying the person he loved as a kid, dies in the war next to him, and so he is specifically. So he specifically went into mining to get money to help, to help like this person have a decent life, like he promised his buddy. And, like, that is a good character motivation for him. It makes him a, like, likable guy. And also the fact that he's just a likable guy when he's not murdering. Uh, the girl he's rolling with is real fucking badass. Like, she is a great sidekick to have. And, uh, like, she also comes with a wolf. She just, like, has a wolf buddy who kind of follows her around. And they introduce a huge cast of other characters who are looking for the gold. Like, they have this one guy who is part of this, like, insane fucking Japanese military organization that ended up being disbanded because of, because, like, he went too fucking crazy. And he's, like, a real person, apparently. And so while everybody else uses fucking guns and shit, he's just out there, wielding, like, going like a fucking samurai. And then you have this other guy who's part of a Japanese division of the military who got his fucking face blown off and now he just wears a metal plate over his fucking head and he's fucking insane as, as not having a face would make you 
Yeah, like like a military. It works for me pretty easy. Yeah, like like one of his fucking commanders, like is pointing a finger at his face, saying, "Hey, you got to do this. You got to do this." So he just bites his finger off. And it is incredibly drawn. Like it is a, it is a very clean series. Like the line work on a lot of these fucking drawings, even in the background stuff, is very well done. But it manages to get a, but it manages to like like uh, ante up the. When things get intense, they look intense. Like, is, like he, he's able to. He, I'm sure. Yeah, the guy's able to. Is there a lot of camping? Yes. There actually is an incredible amount of camping because, like, ninety percent of the theories are set in the woods. Damn it! That's not what I meant. I know what you. I know what. You know what you're trying to go for, but like, fuck you. In- intense. So, someone, someone must have spilled a porta potty at the campsite because all the because this shit's intense. Cue the crickets. Just for that, I need to step away. Do it. So I have I have two other things to talk about after this. Uh, Birdie, you can just go on yours, and I'll pick up when I get back after you're done. <laughs> Quick okay. in the podcast, hurry! You have the power. <laughs> no, I don't think so. You you did that, so you don't get to get out of this. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. Um, I guess Dead Man can hear about this later when I talk about it more, because I am going to be reading more of this. Since you're in such a cheery mood, uh, Trey, let's talk about Old Boy. Old Boy? Old Boy? (laughs) Why are we talking about Old Boy? Do you know what Old Boy is? Oh, I know what Old Boy is. Yeah. So, the Korean Park Chan Wook film, Old Boy, which is fucked up. Real fucked up is based on a uh, late to, late 90s, early 2000s and, uh, manga by... Was it, was it early 2000s? I thought it was all in the 90s. Uh, let me bring up the book details. And see I'll check it. Started. No, I'll I got check it. it. Uh, d- 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 oh. Okay, uh, the, the anime movie was 2003. Uh, it was all in the 90s, 96 to 98. Yeah, okay. Yeah, first published in Japan around that time. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so for those who don't know the story of Old Boy, um, we start off with a worker at a Chinese restaurant having to be explained that he needs to go to this building and press the button 7 and 8 at the same time on the special private elevator. This takes him to a floor 7.5, which is not on the blueprints. Yeah, platform nine and three quarters. Yep. That they hand over to a man who just guards this entire floor and gives it to a man who just is in this room. You later learn that this is part of a private imprisonment business that this company seems to run, where people pay them for to get people out of the way or to disappear for like a period of time, usually statute of limitations or until someone stops looking for you. But it's usually like a few months to a year. <clears throat> Damn it. I knew this CPA was fucking dirty, but that's just disgusting. So our main character who is nameless at the start has been in prison for 10 years. Is he the old boy? It seems to be the case. I think I'm not, I haven't finished reading it yet. Okay. But um, um so all he does is watch TV, 
including Crayon Shinchan for some strange reason. Because uh, Crayon Shinchan is super popular in Japan for some reason. Yeah, they need something to still, watch. Did they, isn't it still going? I don't know. I actually. will check. But, um, so all he does is work out, eat Chinese food, and watch TV when he's <clears> not <throat> sleeping. Occasionally, um, he gets drugged and put in handcuffs and a blindfold so they can cut his hair because the guy who paid to have him imprisoned paid $300 million to have him imprisoned for 10 years. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, yeah, so the manga is done, but the anime is still going. Okay. Cool. But, uh, so at after oh, about Jesus. the first chapter's... Dead man. This you series, want to share with the class? The anime has been running as l- almost as long as I've been alive. Yeah, I can believe that. Like early nineties, April thirteenth, nineteen ninety two to present. Yeah, so that's competing with Epo. Yeah, nine hundred and thirty uh, episodes. Yeah, but Epo's good. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway. Um, at, at the end of the first chapter, uh, the people who have held him in prison for 10 years drug him, put him in a suitcase with a few pills, <clears throat> and just release him in a park. He has no idea why he was imprisoned, uh, who these people who imprisoned him were, or why they decided to ab- seem to just randomly let him out. Okay. I, can I ask you one question? Okay. Uh, when you refer to Old Boy as a film, are you referring to the 2003 or 2013 that you watched? 2003, probably. Yeah, the part the part, uh, 2013 is the Spike remake. Yeah, yeah, Spike Lee, which was with a pile Josh Brolin. Garbage. Yeah, I I know, I know, it's bad. It's real bad. The Mark Chan Wook film is brutal. There is okay. There is a there is another version called Zinda that's an unauthorized remake of it that came out in 2006. Okay. All right. I think most people are familiar with the Korean film. If for nothing else, it put Park Chan-wook on the map as fuck, this guy has something wrong with his head. Yeah. Basically. (laughs) So given how dark this story is known to be and what happens in it it starts off kind of mellow which (laughs) is weird because all this guy does in the first night he's out after his imprisonment is pretend to be drunk to beat up some thugs to steal their money uh eat some food get drunk hit on the uh, not intentionally but hit on the waitress and fuck her uh huh, and he's a little he's a little uh miffed that she didn't tell him that she was a virgin at the time. <laughs> it's just some weird story about um her feeling like she wanted to you know it's that typical woman wants to give her first to someone that she thinks is worthy of it type thing. Yeah, naturally, but. But through the first, the rest of the first volume, she's just kind of infatuated with him, even though all she knows about him is that he was imprisoned for 10 years by someone. She doesn't know anything else. But clearly they're comfortable with each other because 
after the second night they had sex, he asked her, hey, I think there's a tracking node embedded in my back. Can you get that knife sterilized and dig it out? Just dig that shit out. Yeah, dog. At which point she quite literally says, look, I'm, I'm comfortable doing a lot of things. You're going to have to fuck me for a long time to make me okay with this. I've, I've seen worse. <laughs> have, you seen, have you seen Repo Men? They uh, fuck for the first time while digging, while cutting each other open and pulling shit yeah, out of each other's that, bodies. The, Repo Men was deliberate exploitation. This is playing it more serious and less yeah, yeah. stupid. Yeah. And considering what later happens in this series involving claw <laughs> hammers, this is just a prelude. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I'm not sure if you mentioned it while I was while I was <clears> away, <throat> but uh, in this, do they do the thing like a? Uh, I have not seen all of Old Boy the movie. To my okay. detriment, but uh, I do know that like one of the things that he did to pass the time was also teaching himself how to box or fight or something, just yeah, like he, watching he, TV and punching the wall. It seems that seems to be the case. Like they don't show it, but based on what I remember of how anime likes to show it, the first thing he did when a stupid uh, thug tries to pull a knife on him and swing it at him, he immediately goes into a boxing pose. So. I don't know if they specifically mentioned that in the first volume, but they do train. Like he did nothing but train and watch TV. I'm sure there was boxing on somewhere in Japan. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, from looking at it, this is very like this manga looks very pulpy. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a very pulp. It's a it's a story about a guy who was probably was not a good person before he was imprisoned, and this is a level of self-awareness that I don't usually associate with thugs. At some point, after a few months of being in prison, you just realized, wait, maybe whoever imprisoned me here wants me to be filled with, like, despair and harsh emotions. It's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just gonna be... St- I'm just gonna be awesome in here. Yeah. <laughs> here so I'm just gonna train. I'm just gonna eat Chinese food. I'm gonna watch all the TV I want. I'm just gonna be awesome. I'm gonna get swole as shit, son. Yeah. And get to the gains. point where... Um, the, the the gangsters, when they try to drug him for when they pull him out, at first they're afraid they might not be able to because he throws the guy that chloroforms him across the room. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's like, it, it's very violent, but it's not doing its violence in a way that, it's not Tarantinoing its violence. Well, it, yeah. Which is what I associate with stuff like Repo Man. Because it, it's very much more about the drama and about these characters, and about why this businessman hates this one guy enough to have him pay a illegal Yakuza group to have someone imprison him for 10 years, which I don't know if I you heard this part before, Dead Man, that costs 300 million yen. That's almost 30 American dollars. But that's weird. I'm looking at old manga and like pictures right now, and Kaiji came up. <laughs> okay. It, it knows. <laughs> it knows. Say, I, I it, this is a lot more minimalist, but um what this mostly reminds me of uh Dead Man is kind of a less mean version of Oku. Teroya Oku. Oh right, yes. Like it's got that same level of ridiculously de- distinct urban detail and almost Urasawa-esque face. Cause like this guy has a ridiculously big nose. Like it's, yeah. it's 
well, distinctively huge, and it's not it's not something you usually associate with main male characters in this kind of series. I, th- I think what that is is they're trying to take a little bit more of a Americanized take on some of the like facial features, and that's that's sort of like what Urasawa does uh, makes it instead of making it look like anime, making it look like a person. You know what I mean? Yeah. But no, the story is very dark, but it's very well. And you, considering what this guy does, you really, and Dead Man, you've seen enough of Old Boy that despite the terrible shit this guy does, you kind of like him. Yeah. Which is why I like this story. And I've started, yeah. I haven't, I've never read the manga. I love, the movie will fuck you up. Yeah. I'll say, if you watch the Park Chan Wook movie, it will fuck you up. There's a reason that guy is known in the States. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like the Japanese Grudge. I don't I don't know of a nice Park Chan Wook film. I think maybe the 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 least mean or Korean Grudge is uh the least mean Park Chan Wook film is probably Snowpiercer, and that's still a Snowpiercer mean. fucking sucks though, bitch. <laughs> Snow okay, Snowpiercer sucks because there's a Snowpiercer too. There is. There's three. I had never heard of a Snowpiercer two or three. There's a, there's three different trains. That's why the first one sucks. Where are you getting the? Yeah, where are you getting that? There's a second and third one. One. Uh, uh, okay. One sec. I will. I will. I will get this for you. Just. Hold up. You guys continue. Okay, so um, I can talk, I mean, I've talked about the, the, the art is very good. Um, let me let's bring up this guy's name. See, uh, the art is by Nobuaki Minagishi, who I'm not familiar with anything else they've done, but I'd have to look in this, because this, this is a Dark Horse imprint manga, so I'm not as familiar with all the manga stuff that came out from the period when Dark Horse was the big seller of Japanese comics. Oh, oh, but um, okay, the sequel to Snow Snowpiercer is uh, literally like called uh, the Snowpiercer. <laughs> Let's uh, one sec. There's a second train. Oh, it's there's the escape, the explorer, and the explorers. All right. So after losing contact with Snowpiercer, those aboard a second train. So you mean the movie sucks because there are other comic books that follow I, the story? No, I'm just I'm just saying like it, no, I didn't. Not necessarily the movers. The movie sucks. I just the story sucks because they fucking ruined it with a second train. Yeah, maybe in the French graphic novel the movie was based on, but they haven't said shit about that in the movie. There's a TV series coming out. That's going to follow both. Whatever. I, 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 uh, let me put it this way. Trey, I love Avatar The Last Airbender. The fact that Shyamalan made a movie adaptation does not mean I suddenly dislike the TV series. So. No, no, I get that. If the sequel sucked, the other adaptations sucked, that's fine. I thoroughly enjoyed Snowpiercer. It's not old boy good, though, which is what we are talking about. Yes, and uh, and it's, it's weird to have this many likable, despicable people. 
which is why I like reading this. Because too often, and I'm going to talk about a series that's the exact opposite of this after this, you particularly with Japanese manga about bad people, they often fall into the Mike trap where everyone is a piece of shit. Like <laughs> just in and out, there's no honor, there's no there's no courtesy, there's no compassion, there's no likable traits to any of the main characters. In would you say story. would you say they like have the no honor? No, I wouldn't say that. You have no honor. Trey, don't make me reenact the scene from the audition with the piano wire on you. <laughs> just stop. Just stop. Anyway, uh, Dead Man, I think you. I would kind of want you to read a few chapters of this to see what you think, because I quite enjoyed it. I got lucky in that it was on a Dark Horse sale, so I got the first volume for like three bucks. But um, yeah, I, th- I think there's only eight volumes of it, so it's a relatively well-contained story. And I know I like the story already, so I'm going to keep reading this. Fun. Fun fact. I just looked this up. Apparently, the Lessons of the Evil movie was directed by Takeshi Miike. Why does that not surprise me? (laughs) Then again, Takeshi Miike directed the Phoenix Wright movie, so who knows with Miike. God, I love the Phoenix Wright movie, though. (laughs) (laughs) I just had to put that out there. I'd love it. You like it when people... um, you yell objection and screens just appear. Yes. I thought it was hilariously overdone and I loved that. That it was funny. Okay. Anyway, um so on to the other thing, which I'm not sure if I want to keep reading because it's much more crass. Mercia Lago. What is this? It's another one of those uh, it takes a blank to deal with a blank type stories because uh, Are you telling me how to take out Dead Man? Because I've got I've got some other dead dead man? (laughs) No, but I've got other dead bodies that are willing to help. Well, you'll have to run you'll have to run that by the dead bodies. I don't really care what happens to Dead Man. Bitch! (laughs) Well, you're already dead. Fair. <laughs> what, what more can happen? And what is, are you afraid? No, you're going to tell us your weakness and tell us what can happen. Marriage? No, fuck you, Trey. <laughs> yeah. So unless Mephisto steals Dead Man's marriage, I'm not sure what else can happen to him. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's adorable that you think I could that someone would ever marry me. Well, that'd be funny that. Mephisto would show up trying to steal your marriage and you'd say you're not married, so he would force you to get married and then you wouldn't do the deal and suddenly you'd be married and be like, how did this happen? Someone's apparently willing to live with you. Yeah, but those are like, not in the same room. Anyway, um... What you think? That's what I know. Kuroko, the main character is a convicted assassin Kuroko Komori. <laughs> Another Kuroko. It's a common Japanese name. It doesn't bother me that that shows up as much as it. She's she has put been put on death row for murdering 715 people. It's amazing anybody knows her doing it. And um but she but her execution has been put on postponement for now because she has been hired by the government to kill people 
that are killers. She's been hired. Okay, wait. You know, is, the, is it just the, the, the people that government killer? The the government has hired a killer to kill the killers that they can't kill or arrest themselves. Like because saying, they can't catch them. Well, yeah, because they're stupid cartoony shit. Like in the first chapter, where it's a Japanese pro wrestler who took a Hulk version of steroids, so he's basically blockbuster. So it's just like we can't kill this guy. Can you kill him? And she's like, I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's the demolition man idea. It's the demolition man motto. Just like, hey, you got to send a maniac to catch a maniac. No, they're, it's Snake Plissken. No, I mean they don't. They don't put bombs in her neck or anything. They just okay. call her to deal with threats of varying sorts. They just hello whether, murderer. You're needed. Yeah, whether it be, um, and usually she's finger banging some girl as they call her, because, like I said at the start of this, this show is very, very crass. Ugh. And that's um, it's. That's kind of why I'm kind of turned off by this because as much as I kind of like the the ridiculousness of the of the action where the main character tells her driver to drive at the hulking ten foot man with her with her high end sports car so she can flip over him and put two fifty cal bullets in the ten spot because sure naturally yeah or just- how. Fast and the Furious, this shit. Yeah, or how the, the last chapter of the volume sets up a a death house where some crazy old billionaire <clears throat> has has invited two hundred random criminals to his death house to kill them, and the main character happens to be among them. Cause sure, wait to kill each other, or so he can kill, kill them. them. So he can kill them. But why would anyone ever go there? Because shut up. I don't know. They didn't know who the guy was. I don't care. The the, the story's too stupid to take to be taken all that seriously. Okay, like, I'm just like the, she knows. That, like, do they all know? No, she doesn't know. She just knows. She just received a she received an invitation from a hot chick who she was hoping to fuck that night. That's all. <laughs> I mean, I've been turned down by many hot chicks like that, but lucky her. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know. I'm out of jokes. <laughs> yeah, I mean this this kind of appeals more to dead man's sensibilities than mine because like there's this guy at there's you see the guy crawling on the ground asking for help and she's like uh nah I can't really do much for you <laughs> they then they then cut to the next image where all you see is the rib cage and his entrails. <laughs> I love it. I know that I set myself up for it, but is every time Birdie you say you say a thing like, "Are oh, this series is kind of disgusting?" I feel like it's up Dead Man's Alley because you literally a few weeks ago were like, "I really like disgusting, gory stuff where people kill each other." I know that's why. That's why I said I set myself ago, up for it like over and over again. We, you and I, keep finding series that sound Dead, more up Dead Man's Alley because it's just crap. Dead Man just gross. dreams about Gantz. Get fucks. He dreams about it. I will send you hundreds of dead spiders in the mail just to spite you. No. I will personally kill them. No. Don't do oh. that. Spiders aren't people. 
Yeah, but uh, uh, this is oh, too ridiculous. I might let Dead Man Me, you should read a chapter or two of this to see what you think, but I probably won't read too much more of this because it's it's ridiculous in a way I've seen before. Like, it's not like, you know, Black Lagoon, where when it gets dark, it gets so dark that, you know, go back to being fun, please. <laughs> please, please. Please don't do Roberta's Blood Trail again. Please don't. I hope I hope this isn't Chris's blood. No, this is a. Uh, it's actually about on that level of ridiculous. The, the closest thing I could think of to in tone to this Dead Man, although it's a little bit somehow more crass than this, is a Kame got killed. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Oh, oh, oh uh, wow. Okay, like how close do you mean? Well, I think they you need to be say- on it. I don't think, well, that's the thing, that, that despite not talking about there being any explicit magic powers, the character has one of those, she's one of those big-breasted characters that has, like, an in, infinite pocket between her boobs, and... Don't you have that? No, I keep losing weight, I've disappeared. Aw, oh, damn it. It's so convenient, it's like a bag of holding. Two bags of holding. Yeah, she dresses like, um... What's that character from Helsing? Rick Van Winkle? Oh. <laughs> I'm already done. <laughs> I'm already done. Okay, Rip Van Winkle's the worst part of Helsing. I just said she dresses like her. I didn't say yeah, I don't care. I don't want I don't wanna fucking I don't wanna remember that. And well, speaking of what I said about Tarantino and everything, they do their own re- version of the restaurant scene from uh, Pulp Fiction, where two guys just say, you know, they never think you'd rob a restaurant. You do a bank, everyone's got, like, security cameras and, like... Everyone thinks to rob a restaurant. I didn't say these guys were bright. They pointed a gun at a chick with it who... Was so dis- was so disinterested in them holding up the store that she was constantly trying to call someone for a hookup. So, and her reaction to having a gun put in her face was to use her steak knife to cut his arm off. Yeah, you know what they should have done? Rob a gas station. Nobody robs those. <laughs> no, they should have, like, they should have robbed, like, some kind of, like, non-profit organization. Nobody robs those. And they're loaded. Yeah, that, Actually, yeah, that, that, that fucking, that fucking uh, non-profit shit, that's just a fucking front. Everybody in there is fucking loaded. No, no, the place is loaded with donations. You got to rob it at the right time. When they're like, trying to uh, like take all the donations and send them out to the actual like main organizations. All right, three hours, three hours after the food drive, we just go in there. We steal all their fucking canned beans and money. No, during the food drive. Food drive. They're not. They're not bothering with the money while during the food drive. They're worried about the food. Dude, yeah. dude people at food drives want money. Yeah, but. Anyway, the whole the, the, it's too ridiculous. I might read a little bit more just to see if it gets to the kind of ridiculous that I enjoy reading. Like it's, it's like Attack on Titan. No, Attack oh. on Titan. <laughs> Attack on Titan's story is too stupid for words. I don't feel like reading that. This, oh. this is enjoyably dumb at this point, but it's not my. It's for this kind of for this kind of enjoyably dumb. I prefer something much more stupid than this. Mainly much X. I'd like much to much stupider sit, than this. I'd like to sit you down with the Attack on Titan manga right now. Not right now, but like, and just 
ask you, how is this not entertaining? It's it's kind of bad. But the, how is it not entertaining? Because I don't give a shit about the characters. <laughs> Particularly Aaron, who the story's about. But yeah, dive bombing Titans, it's entertaining. Yeah, that was entertaining the first couple times. And then when that's literally everything. That, then it's, that then happens jump, that's, twice. If, you know, jumping the shark, nuking the fridge, dropping the titans, it's all on the same level of, okay, you can't take, you, you can't be this invested in a, in a Auschwitz Nazi-esque story and then be dive bombing giant naked fat people. I mean, it doesn't work. I mean, I'm, I like it. Or it could so. work in the hands of a better writer. Yeah, which this guy's never been a particularly good writer, so whatever. But yeah, uh, Mercy Alago, um, might appeal to Dead Man's demented mind for a while. I don't know. It's a little too goofy, I think, maybe for him. Despite the fact that this seven-foot-tall woman who the series explicitly says she has, like, eye-cup tits, it, it has, like, magical... Well, not literally, but, like, sort of explicit, un- in- implicitly magic assassin powers to where if someone shoots a gun at her, she immediately knows where the bullet's going to come from. All right. What's it's called again? Like, how do you spell sense. it? Uh, Mercy Alago. I'll put it in the chat. Thank you. So, yeah, uh, and does like, but it's, oh, just, it's, just too, it's just, it's too dumb for words. Like, there's a, there's, in her, her driver is in high school, but is also a convicted felon for multiple hit and runs. But she can't accompany, then, then they have dumb shit like, oh, I can't accompany you on this. I have to study for my tests with the, with my lawyer. And then she's late and they took the car. So she is biking to a, a death well, house. It, give, it gives it a good opportunity in the anime for floppy tits. That's why they do it. Yeah, yeah, floppy. That's what everybody loves about tits. Look at no, that flopping a boot. When, when she, yeah, when, that little bouncing and shit. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I kind of like about this character is how much she doesn't give a shit. Like, at the end of the first chapter, they show one of her first missions where she's fighting this serial killer murderer on a train. And she kills him and then says, you know, you want to be remembered. So instead, I'm just in, I'm going to, uh, fuck with the control so that this train literally careens off of a platform and hits a 10-story building and blows up. Uh, see, I, I'm a fan of anyone who kills someone in the middle of a monologue, no matter what. Like, if the guy, the serial killer's, like, talking in a monologue, and then they just someone just shoots him in the head or whatever, I'm a big fan of that. So does that happen at all? Uh, Well, when the when the serial killer fighting another serial killer says, you're just like me, you just won't admit that you're just like me. Her response when he knocks the gun out of her hand is that she has a long rope attached to her gun so that she can use it like a whip. And then she ties him up, blows him to pieces, and then so that there's no corpse, just like I said, runs the train into a building. All right, I'll probably read this. Okay, (laughs) whatever. So stay tuned for our Mercy Lago episode next week. It's just kind of there. Anywho. Uh, is that all? Um, 
I guess I'm still reading a restaurant, watching restaurant from another world, expecting. I mean, it just keeps doing enough weird that I enjoy that I'm still enjoying it. Like, uh, you know, uh, the the movie The Little Mermaid, where she has, to, she has to make the deal with Ursula to get human legs to go on land to be with the guy. You, you know the plot of The Little Mermaid? Yeah, we know that. Well, uh, the Little Mermaid in this movie. There's a mermaid in this movie in this episode that meets a guy. He sh- saves him from drowning. Said, I really, what can I? And she says, ten silver coins." Said, uh, uh, okay. He's like, "Well, what do you need money for? Go to a restaurant." <laughs> I have a special day, and I didn't. I just need enough change. Yeah, but also. Um, He's like, well, the door's on land. How do you get in? Oh, no, I just pray to the gods for a pair of dragon legs. So she goes from mermaid to velociraptor woman. <laughs> she goes from mermaid to Dio. She goes from mermaid to actually hot. I don't know. <laughs> Moving on. Canon dead wants to fuck a velociraptor. Clever girl? Well, you say it like that. Yeah, fuck it, uh, canon. Yeah. Um, oh, and the New Orleans episode of uh, The Reflection was as goofy and stupid as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> this is a, this is apparently a version of New Orleans where the French Quarter is empty at 11 p.m. on a Tuesday. <laughs> and, uh, and the cathedral that everyone sees when they go onto any picture of Jackson Square is facing the opposite way of the, of the Welcome. square. Welcome. Welcome to every movie I see that's like set in anywhere in New York or like like uh, Toronto or Montreal or whatever. And it's like there's like ten people on the sidewalk and a few cars. And I'm like, you fucking what? You think they ever make an anime about London, Canada, dead man? Oh fuck no! <laughs> Why would they? Maybe it's a because then it'll be easy to be empty. It'll be cheap. It had people. It had a lot of people. It had traffic and shit. It was a it was a fucking big city. Just nothing <laughs> Just happens there. Yourself that. Well, I mean, Japan. There's a lot of anime where nothing happens, so it might but, be perfect. How do you know you don't go outside? Yeah, I do. I don't think I get food. I'm not a vampire. <laughs> I, f- I always thought no, you just like a, set traps and the rope to pull it in. What's the pizza place you always go to? Is that Little Caesars or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Little Caesars. It's the, fucking disgusting, but awful, it's cheap. It's pizza awful Caesar pizza. Fire. It's awful pizza, but like it's five bucks for a pizza. Exactly. But I don't have to cook wow. it. <laughs> Wait, what? When, whenever I go to grocery stores, I always go to grocery stores that are having a pizza on sale for five bucks a pizza. Ew. And they are on, and they are about the same size as Little Caesars Pizza, but I have to cook those. Ew. Anyway, um, I'm still enjoying the reflection as stupid as it's gotten, particularly with, like I said, the episode where a girl's wheelchair turns into a ten, a twelve foot tall version of a '50s robot toy with angel wings, so it can fly. You saw all that in your reflection. Yeah, it was a weird reflection. Mm, it's weird. What kind of drugs are you taking to get ready for university? Well, oh, it was during the eclipse. Weird stuff happened then. Yeah, I know. I did the Trump thing. I looked at the eclipse without the glasses. Me too. Things looked weird for a while. The thing was fine. I'm fine. My eyes are fine. I can only see like no. two less colors now. <laughs> yeah. 
I see I see these lines on people, and I keep picking up a knife, thinking I should cut them, but I probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> I've anyway. seen like I've seen damage values whenever I hurt myself. Back on topic. Yeah, so that's it for me. All right, then. I have two other things to talk about that I had to stop talking about because of Trey. So, uh, just quickly, uh, Yomawari Sensei. Uh, it is a, this is a semi-autobiographical manga. Written by a guy who is the main character of the manga. Wow, self-insert much? That was a joke. So, yeah, uh, the writer and main character, I guess. Let me just double-check his name. Mizutani Osamu. Uh, He was a teacher at a night school uh, who, at night... Or he was a teacher at some kind of school who, at night, uh, went out onto the streets of Japan to find wayward children and set them back on the right path. Which is to say, All the right. path of not dying from drugs. Cool. And Sounds like a good path. Yeah, and while there are occasional, like, breaks in this, uh, most, of the, most of the chapters are just, like, individual chapters of, hey, this kid has a problem. Mizutani Sensei showed up. Helped with the problem. Or, hey, this kid's a problem. This time he said you showed up. He'll try to help with the problem. And that kid died. Okay. Yeah. From what? uh, Drugs, suicide, horrible abuse from their parents. All kinds of things. Suicide. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot, turns out, a lot of troubled kids kill themselves. Oh, I thought you were saying the drugs committed suicide. Yeah, the drugs committed suicide. They're just like, oh, I can't take it with this fucking whiny bitch. Flush themselves down the toilet. <laughs> just, oh, my parents hate me. Just ejecting me into their veins. Fuck you. I have problems too. <laughs> you only, you just use me and discard me. I wanted to be an amphetamine. <laughs> Said I'm heroin. <laughs> All right. How, uh, so he dies. Yeah. And uh, for the most part, it's fine for what it is. Like the arts, the arts all right. It has a very it's a very dark art style. Like, like a lot like of it berserk is berserk dark. What berserk dark? Sometimes, kinda. Okay. Like art style wise, at least. Uh, tone wise, it never goes to berserk levels, but sometimes it almost does. Like one of the stories is about a guy working at like a a guy who was like a was like staying at I think like some kind of youth center for kids who are victims of some kind of abuse or whatever and he ends up getting close to this girl who then he then like they've they've been going out for a while they like started actually started going out with each other and Mizutani was like hey Abbott I adopt you because I'm awesome like that and then she ends up killing herself because because the because the boyfriend made a move on her which then sent her into horrible flashbacks about the time her dad raped her so he has a problem in which everyone's dying around him. That's bad because that might make you look like a suspect. <laughs> Is that where it's going? No. Damn it. That's where it should have gone. Why wouldn't an autobiography be about that time he was a murderer? That time, no, he wasn't a murderer, but suspected for murder. 
Nobody, no, nobody's done that. There is no connecting tissue between any of these fucking stories. Jeez. And that's my big problem with it. Like, there were 12 chapters that I read all 12 chapters, and I have not read any more of this because, like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's Four. nice seeing. It's nice seeing this shit. Like, sometimes, like, the stories are well written. This dude, the dude's a decent writer. It's just, it's episodic. There is no narrative through line to it, and I get bored of series like that. Like when when I when I go into a manga that is that like and I have been trained to believe that manga are like designed to go on forever. Yeah, because you read One Piece. Yeah, <laughs> and so when I go in, and so when I go into a manga that is burn, and so when I go into a manga that is just individual stories with no connective tissue whatsoever, I get bored really quickly. I guess I can see that. And plus, they. I just kind of don't like Mizutani, like the way he writes himself. Because he's either messianic or Oscar Schindler. Uh. In. You so think when, that's how he actually is, though? No, I do, not, I do not believe that at all. But it is the way he is written. Like, he. He write This guy writes himself. Like a character from a biopic, and I do not like biopics. And so, what, so what I mean yeah. by that is, like, when um, things when things turn out well, he is like always framed, he like always frames himself in such a way that like the light shining beyond his head, so it looks like he has a fucking halo or whatever. Or he is just like kind of like writing himself or drawn or whatever. Or people respond to him as this fucking awesome, amazing godlike being. And then I whenever, and then whenever the story ends with a student dying. Then he always goes into like all this horrible thing. I'm like, oh, I could have done so much more to help them. Oh, this watch could have saved even more of them. I feel like the way that this could have been better is if it wasn't framed as an autobiographical thing. The but he needed to frame it that way so people would be like, oh shit, this stuff really happened. Yeah, and from what I've been able to tell, it some of it at least at, le- at least the like notion of him going out at night and trying to save kids that is real. Individual stories may not be. They may have been like. They may have just like like um, like amalgamations of various things that happened to him, or just things that were archetype archetypal of what he saw out there at night. Like not like so. It's not like hey, this kid is an actual real person who went on to do this thing. You can find more about him here. Yeah, it's more like allegories. Yeah. Well, anyway, Yomawari Sensei. I only ended up reading this because I thought, because I misread Yo, uh, Yo, Yomawari as Yawamushi. Okay, thought, so it was, it was an a, accident. I thought it was a Yawamushi pedal spinoff. Okay. Because I'm smart. What was the second thing? Final thing, uh, Magi, magic, uh, Labyrinth of Magic. Wait, is, okay. Uh, is that like a spinoff? Spinoff of what? Is that is that like the actual subtitle for Magi, or is that like a spin-off that's the actual Magi? subtitle for Magi? Okay, how come I didn't never notice this subtitle? I don't know. Maybe I just watched like two episodes because you are smart. I only watched two episodes of the anime. I watched an episode. I, the, the, I watched half an episode of the anime and then gave up because it looked fucking terrible. Does the I don't think the anime has the subtitle. Yeah, both seasons have different subtitles. First is the Labyrinth of Magic. The second is the Kingdom of Magic. Okay. Yeah, so for those who don't know, this is Arabian Nights the manga. And a whole bunch of other stuff. 
basically but Japanese like, but like aesthetic you know, like aesthetic wise and character name wise i guess it is like it, our, it's our main Arabian character nights it's sinbad it's a whole bunch of stuff it's, it's what i'd like to if i was to do a history term it would be like uh classical era adventure storytelling yeah our main character is aladdin uh his sidekick is alibaba and one of the main antagonists is sinbad and the god is solomon Yes, Solomon Grundy. No, he was not born on Monday. <laughs> no, the King Solomon. Yeah. So, and there's lots of jinn, which is a Middle Eastern concept. Yeah. So, in this series, uh, in this world, uh, every once in a while, randomly, randomly around the world, these things called dungeons will appear, which are just these giant fucking buildings that you go inside and. If you manage to go inside and like solve the dungeon and get to the end, you come out with immense wealth and power, and you're fucking awesome. Uh, but most people in there die horribly. Yeah, that's what labyrinth is for, right? Yeah, uh, to curb the population, get rid of all the unnecessaries. You need to build a tower. Actually, kind of. A bunch of bad guys. It's like, hey, let's get rid of all the people that are just greedy and want to kill people and all that kind of stuff by actually, telling them about this labyrinth. Actually, kind of. Yeah, there is an element of that the early story where the, the when the tower has appeared in this major city, this local ward kind of uses it to get rid of people he doesn't like. Yeah, and so yeah. our main so our main characters, um, Aladdin and Alibaba. Uh, Alibaba, when he starts out, he's just a carriage driver. Like he was just a dude who was really into ladies and wanted money. And then and then um, one day while he's while he's on like driving his carriage, uh, he meets Aladdin, who is five. Yep. Or at the very least looks it. And he's a flute. And a turban. Yep. Uh, inside the flute, however, is a giant magic djinn who is stupidly powerful. Unless a girl touches him, then he passes out from faint, then he passes out from blushing too hard. Oh, you Japan. And his turban can fly like a magic carpet. Yeah, and this little boy, who I guess is supposed to be like 12 or 13, is ridiculously obsessed with boobs. Yeah, he loves Man, tits. Who's not? He loves tits. Who's not? Who doesn't? And so the series at the beginning is just kind of an adventure series with um, Aladdin and Alibaba uh, just deciding to go, deciding like go find dungeons, go like collect their fucking huge nest egg or whatever, and be awesome. However, at some point the series changed. Yeah, it got really dark. Really dark. <laughs> <laughs> like I just finished up an arc that was about the fucking like history of the world and it had planet wide genocide. So yeah, suddenly there's like soul sacrificing. One guy had to kill his little sister. There was a zombie apocalypse. It got real dark. Yeah. I kind of like it. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it is like a solid shonen series. And it actually, it actually like the manga dissuaded a lot of my, um, <clears throat> the, the manga dissuaded a lot of my um, misgivings that I had about the um, anime kind of going into it. Yeah, I can see that. So when I watched the anime, I got, I got part through the first episode and I did not like the way it was animated. I thought it looked real cheap. It, it, uh, it's very not trying one piece animated. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you mean one piece animated? 
There are episodes where they try. There's not there, many, there are, there's but that's like every every show has episodes where they try because they're like, hey, here's a guest no, director. No, Naruto never tries. Yes, they do. Oh my god, I will show you when they try. I will show you when they try, and it's always when they have a guest director. So anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't. I did not like that thing. And one of my things that I kind of went going into it was they kind of front loaded Aladdin with power. Yeah. And then it, it but it, I do like that he's front loaded, but dear Lord, after the initial challenges he has to deal with, he's kind of fucked. Oh <laughs> yeah. Like, like one, one of the things I really love about the fact that they, one of the things I love about the, this series is that they get rid of Hugo. I want to see an anime where it's got reverse power creep. The entire, everyone's super powerful with the entire time. They get weaker and weaker, but it's like it's it's like. Well, uh, okay. Uh, how, how much of um, so your only exposure to Magi Magi is the first two episodes of the original anime? Yes. Right? Okay, so you haven't gotten to the uh, crazy advisor to the Chinese emperor. No, because I didn't like the first two episodes of all evil on earth. <laughs> no, cause, no, because I didn't like the first two episodes because, like you said, they were kind of cheaply animated, and I was like. This and it, I did okay. The first two episodes are boring okay. of the original anime. They're just they were just boring. Yeah, I can, yeah, yeah, it's like it's very standard adventure storytelling. I can see that. You're like okay, here we're gonna meet part of some of our party, and we're gonna show off a power and or a couple powers, and it, here's a, a bunch of like royal people, and it didn't really. It felt like it was gonna keep doing that i mean obviously it has to stop somewhere but i was like eh. it actually stops like in the first couple volumes like i think i think by volume two they started to change things up fairly drastically yeah and also a character that in the first volume in the first so, arc is kind of nothing but you, i instantly like you recommend becomes, just reading it yes absolutely. just reading it or kind of skipping I, i've no, I never i almost never say this but kind of skim the first arc because you have to know the first arc to follow what's going on, but the first arc doesn't do a particularly good job of establishing the things I like about the series. It's it's like, like some people say, just if you if you want to read Berserk, skim the first arc. Yeah, or as another example, um, <laughs> does the first episode of One Piece do a great job of establishing what's good about it? Oh no. Uh, <laughs> The first episode of One Piece establishes why people shouldn't watch One Piece. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Just, just like but that. none of the stuff that you then grow to like about One Piece. No, I, you, what, no, I, that comes that comes in like ten episodes in when people actually have like character and like actually try and their sacrifice and stuff, and then it comes in again like twenty five episodes in near the end of the Usopp thing. And it's it's not very good to start with. Yeah, no, no. that's. <laughs> uh. And I think Naruto. I, I'm trying to think which is worse for plot for filler arcs, One Piece or Naruto. Uh, apparently, see, see, the thing with Naruto uh, and its filler arcs is it. There's clearly filler seasons where you're like, okay, I just don't have to watch this season, and it's always like six episodes. Or twelve episodes, and you just don't watch that season. With One Piece, it's like 
it tries to ease itself into the filler arcs. Yeah, like almost integrating like, it into like the actual story. Yeah, where like, yeah, like at the like, end, we're like at the end of a real arc, they will then like start bringing in elements of like the filler arc that's coming next. Yeah, but with Naruto, it's like here's something that's never going to happen again, so you can just skip it. And there's hard cuts. There's good. There's good things and bad things about each one. With Naruto, you can just skip it and not even worry about it. With One Piece, you can kind of skip it, but there's some callbacks. So you're like, where did that come from? If you skip it, you know what I mean. But if you want to watch all the way through, that's, you know, it works. It's just you'd have to watch all the way through a filler. Yeah. But, anyway, uh, um, in terms of more filler arcs, I think One Piece has more. So anyway, Magi. Yeah, but Magi also, and this will be a problem for people if you ever get to season two, which I think might be better to just read it. Um the core dynamic that I like about season one is uh, Alibaba, Aladdin, and uh, Liliana. Morgana. Morgana, I can't remember her name. Who, for a long time, is stupidly powerful, but she has an ability that would make her more powerful, but it, it hurts her to use it for a long time. And that dynamic between the three of them is probably what gets me, got me through most of the first season. But for a long time in the middle of what would be the season two's plot line, those characters just never see each other. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that happens in the manga too. Like after they clear that first dungeon, um, like Alibaba fucks off to somewhere that has his own, that has his own story arc. Then Morgana fucks off somewhere to have her own story arc. And then Aladdin is just somewhere else that introduces the fact that, Oh wait, there's a world. Yeah. So, yeah, after they, after they clear that first dungeon, um, yeah, Aladdin goes off and meets representatives of the Co-Empire, who end up becoming a major force in the world. And the story. Because it's China. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't give too much away, because I may read it. Okay. If you're saying the, if you're saying the manga is good. Yeah, the manga is good. Just, just expect a lot of paradigm shifts. Okay. Yeah, at a certain point, at a certain point, the manga will just remove somebody's power, or or like flip some alliance, or do something that changes what you thought of character interactions before. And okay. well, it, it never, I, I kind of feels... like that because it cha- it makes the story different when they're like, "Oh, this isn't fresh right now," without going the power creep way. But no, actually, it 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 does actually a good job with that. I think it does. Like, like the, the man, they managed to like put things in enough context that it doesn't feel like a sudden lurch in. Oh no, all of a sudden now we're in a different story. It actually feels like there is a natural progression to these events and to these shifting alliances. Yeah. Well, again, the dream anime for me is just give me, give me some kind of show in an anime. That's like two seasons or something where the entire time they, everyone just starts super powerful. And by the end, they're just like, throwing punches at each other because they have no power at all left. And just wait until you get to the fucking bit that is like, that's like flashback explaining the fucking origin of everything. It is insane. Okay. There's apparently a dimension that dictates the laws of physics. Great. That spoils nothing. Yeah. Saying there's a dimension. That's like saying anime, there's a magic power. (laughs) It, It's just like, like I I told you guys before, I would love people to just say, watch it, read it, whatever. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm not worried about it. I'm just saying, like, 
I, I just, I'm just worried about going into too much. You know what I mean? I'm fine with spoilers to a point. Yeah, well, that's kind of that's kind of a shitty thing to say. Hey, don't explain anything to me on this podcast where we explain things about no, anime no, and manga. No, 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 no. I just mean like, like you start saying there's apparently a debate. I was like, I don't want to know what happens there. Like you can tell me it governs a thing. I just don't want to know what happens with it and how things go about when they find out about it or whatever. Yeah, I'm not any explaining of that. any of that. Okay, cool. My one kind of problem with it, uh, though, is I. I don't quite understand what how their powers work. Yeah, well, because the it's got that shonen problem of a lot of story. It it it's a shonen series with a set group of like plot structures, but it just keeps changing what the source of all the powers is. So um so as as it is, there are kind of three main powers that all seem to interact with each other in a way that leads to the final power, which is magic. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I've seen a lot of shown thing, series do this where they're like, we're going to explain at the beginning a very basis of how the power, how the magic or powers or whatever work. And then eventually it goes too long and says, you know what? Forget the rules. Yeah. Like, so th- like there's no rules. These just things happen. These things happen. So there's magic, which is powered by Madroy. Which itself is granted by the Rook, which are ghost pigeons that are people's dead souls. Yeah. And it's the Magi, a, which is what Aladdin is, is a... They, they are loved by the Rook, which gives them unlimited access to Magi, but then Aladdin keeps running out of Magi, and then Magic... Is introduced on top of all that, so it's like Naruto. Yeah, eventually they're just like fucking it, it's magic. Fuck you. Yeah, I'm just saying. So it's like Naruto, where like I keep running out of chakra, nine tails. Give me some chakra. You keep running out of chakra. Why should I give you some? He's like, just do it. And he's like, okay. It's like why should you do it? Because fuck you, you dick horse. And then that stops becoming a problem eventually. And then Naruto's like, oh hey, what's up, bro? Yeah, you want some chakra? Cool, chadi. Well, he doesn't even say you want it. He's just like, here it is. It's like, take it. It's like, just fucking take it, you dickbag. Essentially using Chakra as rent. Somehow your father soul. and I are now friends. The guy that the guy that uh, locked me inside you and I are now friends. Yeah, just be fucking cool about it. Don't ask too many questions, you fucking dickbag. It's Japan. They don't criticize things here, so we can get away with it. Anyway, yeah. That's what I got. On to news. On to news? Yep, we have a piece of news. A piece? Are you saying we have one piece of news? MAPPA, an anime studio that has done done recent things, Yuri on Ice, Rage of Bahamut. Uh, Uh, I think think they do a show on Tora. One of my favorite shows... One of one of my absolute favorite sleeper hits, Punchline. I love that show. I I couldn't tell if you were being serious or not. I no, I love that show. Okay, Mappa did Punchline. Yes, Studio Mappa. Trigger series. Nope, it's Mappa. Yep, Mappa. Okay. All right. Anyway, yeah. So they have posted a recruitment uh, listing for a 
yet-to-be-announced anime project uh, from the director of Revolutionary Girl Utena, Kunihiko Ikuhara. Okay, so we already know it's going to be batshit insane. Yep. And that's but will the, it be And good? that's the news. Just, hey, that dude what made Utena is making some new shit with MAPPA. Cool, 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 cool. I will... I was going to say I'll watch most MAPPA animes, but then there was a... What was that one uh, where there were, like, demons... Uh, fuck, something... Myriad Colors Phantom World? That thing's a piece oh, of shit. <laughs> yeah. Fuck no, Myriad no, Colors Phantom Kyoto World. Annie. Was that Kyoto Annie? Yeah. Okay. Still, fuck that piece of shit. Okay. All right, then. I know it's. I, I watched it. I know it was bad. I'm just saying. I thought that was Kyoto Annie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If it's Kyoto Annie, I was just wrong. It. I just still don't like it. <laughs> it doesn't make it better. I wasn't the student that. And that's yeah. gonna do it for this week. Thank you all for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks' time with another episode of the Store dot com anime manga podcast. In between now and then, though, you got bullshit coming out. I don't know. Alright. Till then, I'm dead. I'm straight. And I'm Birdie. People, see you guys next time.